0: Hello, everyone. This is Janice Alpert with On Purpose, a podcast where we talk and interview very interesting people like today about how they found their life purpose in hopes to help you or whoever might be listening um, to be on their path and on their purpose. So today, my guest is Leslie Randolph, and she's a life coach, among other things. And welcome, Leslie. Thank you so much
1: Janice. I'm really excited to be here.
0: We're so happy to have you. So usually I just start off you know I don't know you that well I hardly know you at all but I know you through a friend of a friend whatever. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your growing up and um, where'd you grow up and did you have siblings and
1: just a little bit about your family? Yeah so I am born and raised in Highland Park, Illinois. Mm I am a just hold on one second just fyi that's a northern suburb in chicago where i actually raised my children too so go ahead so i'm in good company and i think i'm a third generation my mother will be listening hi mom and she will correct me if i'm wrong um i believe i'm a third generation highland parker a many generation highland parker Mm -hmm. um and there is a lot of hometown ties My grandmother was the longest real estate license holder in the state of Illinois. Wow. Yeah. When she retired at 86 years old. God love her. I know she was such a trailblazer. I'm sure we're going to talk about her today. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Now I'm saying when you think about that was way before, I mean, my mom was, I mean, my mom is pissed away, but I mean, she would have been like, I don't know, like 95 now, but she was like an at-home housewife. So your grandmother was out there selling real estate when it was like very unusual at that for that generation.
1: Exactly. Women weren't working, nor were they working in real estate, nor were they making, you know, big, big money. Box. She was. Us. I love your grandmother. Go ahead. <laughs> we all do. We yeah. all do. So chances are if you lived on the North Shore have parents or grandparents on the North Shore, my grandmother sold you their house, your house. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And, and if she didn't, my mother did. Because okay. He also went into real estate. So deep, wow. deep ties to Highland Park. Um, my dad was a Sunday school teacher. Um, oh, really? Yes, he, uh, he was a wonderful teacher and a wonderful man and beloved by many. Uh, you might've seen him driving around Highland Park. Again, if, if you are around, he had a license plate that said Mr. Buddy. And he, oh. was, he was everybody's buddy. That um, says it all, I bet. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in a house with, um, my mom and my sister, most of my child, most of my life was spent with my mom and my sister. So surrounded by, uh, women, women. and wonderful women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Good. The way you're saying that, did your dad pass away at a young age or shame? No, my parents were divorced oh, okay. and I'm very blessed to have had a really wonderful relationship with, uh, with my dad wasn't living in the house with us. It was a okay. lot, a lot of female, a lot of energy there. A lot of female um, energy. Absolutely. Yep unfortunately my dad did pass away um it'll be two years in September and that was actually part of what led me on got me to you led me to my purpose was um that moment
0: okay all right so so you grew up in Highland Park did you go to college in the in Illinois or did you what did you do after high school
1: yeah so I actually went to college in Boulder Colorado
0: Uh uh-huh I love it there it's so beautiful
1: I love it too. I went for all the wrong reasons.
2: Though.
1: <laughs> I loved it. And I went to Boulder because I thought I was a hippie. And mm-hmm. if you were a hippie, you went to Boulder. For sure. For sure. And so I don't think I got like the memo on what it meant to be a hippie. I just dressed a certain way and liked <laughs> a certain kind of music. And actually I, so I went there thinking this is where I
0: belong. I didn't know who I was. Right. Well, who, and at 18, I mean, if you're lucky, maybe you do, but most of us don't.
1: Yeah. No. And certainly if you're, you know, assigning yourself to a label, like I am a hippie, therefore I go to Boulder. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be the fit that you think it is.
0: Did did you have any particular idea of what you wanted to do? Or it was just like, I went to high
1: school. Now it's time to go to college. I'm a hippie. I'm going to Boulder. Did you have like a career path or? My career path was I wanted to be an actress. Oh, really? I went to Boulder with Uh the idea that I was going to be an actress. Do they have an acting? I I mean a theater program there. They do have a theater program there. I was not very much involved in it. I just kept telling people I was gonna be an actress without actually doing the acting. Oh Um, (laughs) the closest I got to acting was waiting tables. That was the beginning and end of my acting career. But ultimately I did end up moving back to Chicago. um, for my So did you end up graduating or no? Oh. I graduated from Columbia College in Chicago, which does have a very um, a impressive, very, yep. yeah, a very celebrated theater program. Yep. But around that time, I think I was realizing that theater might not be where I was going to end up. OK, but I what, what I do love about theater and frankly, what I love about waiting tables mm-hmm. <laughs> is yes. it's an exploration of humanity. Totally you see people and you learn about people Mm-hmm. We about what drives them and how to talk to them, what inspires them. Um, so all of it led me exactly where I was supposed to be. But I ended up graduating from Columbia with a, uh, a double major, psychology and theater. Okay. And I also did a, an intensive on uh, gender studies and sociology.
0: Oh, okay. OK, great. I was going to say about dealing with people in restaurants and you also get to see how you react when someone's not happy with something. As many uh, uh, patrons can be a little crabby uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if they don't get their food exactly the right way. Sometimes it's like, do you have to be mean to the server? They're just trying to do their best. <laughs> it, Anyways, OK, sidebar. So you graduated with psychology and theater and gender studies. And then what did you do after after college?
1: I kept waiting tables. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know really what I enjoyed waiting? that. You really I enjoyed did. that. I did. And I'm going to tell you, I was great at it. I loved it. I loved working with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, my uh, my mother said, well, when are you going to get a real job? And I'm looking at my bank account and I'm thinking, what do you mean a real job? I'm making great money. <laughs> You're doing great. I was doing great. My mother said, you know, were you, what? The, were you living in the city at that time or you were still living at home? I lived in downtown Chicago. I was absolutely loving it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I've, I've lived in many a neighborhood in downtown Chicago. Mm-hmm. Chicago's and, uh, a
0: great a great city. When when things aren't people aren't being murdered and uh, cars hijacked, but uh, that's a sidebar. But generally Chicago's a great city.
1: Uh, yeah, this so this was the heyday, right? And I think I was right. also young enough that I right. I had those well, blinders on. Of I know. Well, I don't crime. think it was like
0: twenty years ago or whenever you were there. I don't think it was as bad as as it is now. But anyways, um, times a different time, a different time. So anyway, so you lived in the city. You were living the twenties life of fun and waiting tables. You're supporting yourself. Did you have a roommate or were you just on your own
1: or? I lived with my sister for many years and this is probably around the time I was still living with my sister before she, she ditched me to go get married. Oh, Um, damn her. (laughs) I'm telling you, right. And, uh, and so mom said, why, you know, you'd be really good at PR. Mm -hmm. Why do you try to go into PR? And I was like, all right, well, I'll, I'll satisfy mom and I'll go get an internship in PR. Mm -hmm. And I did. And I, again, it was about talking to people. Well, I, was about to say, yeah. I can
0: see you're a people person.
1: You have such a lively personality. So you went into PR. Go ahead. I went or... into PR and I got an internship. Yeah. I loved it. I was good at it. And it was it was almost like just everything else fell into place. I had an, an interview with a, a company shortly after my internship. And it was like, I guess I'm in PR now. <laughs> So you did so you did that for us. So while you're doing all this,
0: though, when you're thinking about I want to be an actress and and then you're realizing you love waiting tables and you leave college and then you go to Columbia. Was there any part of you that was like wondering, I'm, which I'm just asking, like, so what am I supposed to be doing in my life or like mostly
1: you were living in the here and now? Like, what was your where was your head? You know, it's really interesting you ask that. I don't think I would have thought about that. Mm-hmm. no. I think I was going through true. I, I, this story I'm telling you. My mother said you'd be great at PR. I was like, "Okay, mom, <laughs> I'll do it." I don't think I had any intentionality to my life. Okay, which <laughs> I, I I've shared just so you know,
0: uh, when I, uh, many times on on this podcast that I also at that age. Nothing. I took my deepest thought was, you know, I have I've naturally curly hair like I want straight hair. That was like my deepest thought at the time. And, and do my bell bottoms fit properly, which, by the way, bell bottoms, I see are back in again. I don't know. Um, But sidebar. Um, but yeah, so I did not have any intentionality at that time either. So I appreciate that you kind of know that, you know, in reflection
1: that that you were just mom said PR, you said, let's do it. It was. It was. I. Oh, oh, I don't. I don't even give it that much credit. When I say autopilot, it was just like okay. one thing to the next. Mm-hmm. But I will back up a moment, sure. because from a very young age, okay, this is one of my favorite stories that I tell. Um, I was in second grade. Okay, that's young. Yes, very young age, and I knew then that I wanted to change the world. Wow, I knew then that I wanted. To create good i didn't okay. really know how well actually in second grade i told my mother mom i'm going to find the cure for aids
0: oh wow that's that's pretty big yeah it was, listen i was ambitious i was Very,
2: ambitious. you had high
1: goals and high for, aspirations for, for a waitress that went to boulder i mean listen hey so, fabulous so i said I'm, i want to find a cure for aids and my mother said to me leslie if you want to find the cure for AIDS, you're going to need to be really good at math and really good at science. science. And without skipping a beat, I said to her, no, mom, I'm going to find it with my heart. Oh, I have goosebumps. It's so beautiful. I, you know what? I love this story now because I could actually see my my beautiful children. It wells me up because I could see yeah. them saying something like this. But truly, that was how I lived my life okay. through the theater, through the waiting tables, through the PR. There was heart in all of that. Mm -hmm. And so while I did not have any intention, I went into PR because mom said I'd be great at PR and I actually like it. There was always that in the background. And Mm -hmm. I saw that with when I was working for my first PR agency,
2: Okay,
1: we did everything for everyone. I'm curious, was there a particular... Like, were you promoting authors? Were you promoting businesses? It it was everything. everything. I had clients that were ready for this. The North American Reptile Breeders <laughs> Conference and Trade Show. <laughs> and Brian and Bob it. are listening. Oh <laughs> it, my God. It's a trade show for reptiles. My first time ever getting a TV segment. I, <laughs> I wish you could see. Snakes are, not my, snakes
0: are not my favorite. Yeah,
1: go ahead. I, I'm I'm going to send you the photo after. Okay, I, My first TV segment, I was on WGN morning news with a boa constrictor around my neck. Oh my
0: God. Oh, I've got the heebie-jeebies just thinking about it, but go ahead. The,
1: the cameraman's telling me to look more calm. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what do you mean? Look, oh. Choke me to death. Yeah, go ahead. So we had reptiles. I had luxury home builders. I had healthcare clients. Okay. But when there were nonprofit clients,
2: mm-hmm.
1: clients that I knew were doing something Making the world a better place. Yeah, I was working after hours. I was working in the morning. I was thinking about them on the weekends. There was something about being able to tell the story for a client that I knew Mm -hmm. was making the world a better place. Mm
0: -hmm. So there, you could feel like that was not even as much work, so to speak. It was more from again heart and and joy and being you know helping
1: people who are doing good do even better. Absolutely, Mm absolutely, absolutely. Okay, and that was. That that was where I got my taste itch of doing good. Okay,
0: so but again, even during that time, you felt it inside, but there wasn't anything else kind of propelling you like, oh, my God, this is this is the meaning of my life. Not those deeper questions. Okay,
1: no, no, that didn't that didn't come for quite a bit. That didn't come for quite a bit. So how long did you work in PR? And I. I. I'm gonna end up rattling off a wrong number, but at least 10 years, right? I was in my early twenties when I started, you know, that right out of college and -hmm. and waiting tables phase. Yes. Um and then I stayed with that agency for many years. Okay. Many years. Um I got married at that agency. Mm -hmm. I did you uh, meet your husband through 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 worker. Or- I met my husband through a colleague, through my okay. coworker. She so hosted there. a barbecue one mm-hmm. Memorial day. I met him. And I, I always say, I went out later that night and said very quietly to my girlfriends, I think I met him. I'm not, <laughs> not going to get, I'm not going to get all excited, but I think we found him
0: and, and he uh, was, it was, uh, it. and what, um, and what is, is he, uh, was he in PR
1: or no, nope. he was he was in healthcare, and he still is in healthcare today. Okay, um, and he works for a very well-known healthcare organization okay. that um, was the reason I ended up leaving that PR job. Oh, okay. So I had my firstborn baby while still at this PR job, okay. and I went from an account executive to a director of media relations. Wow, to a vice president at this agency. Oh, I mean, so you- I went all through the ranks. Well. You must be very good at what you do. Go ahead. I, I listen. I like to talk, <laughs> and uh, and I got a call. We had our first baby, and uh, my son. His name is Wiley. He's a sweetheart, mm. and I stayed home for three months to get From to know. Maternity them. leave and take care of your new baby. Yeah. Absolutely, this gorgeous miracle. And when I went back, maybe that's where that intentionality started okay. to kick in because it was like you when you have when I had my son. That idea of priorities and intention became very clear. I Things change when you have a kid. It just things. changes. You don't plan on it. You nope. It. Nope. And I never intended to be a stay-at-home mother either. Mm-hmm. I, I should say that. Mm-hmm. I love my children with all my heart. I love working. I
0: Hey, he was preaching to the choir. I, you know, once well, I remember when my son was like maybe four or five months old, I went, love this baby, but if I have to play Google one more time, I'm going to shoot myself. And I got a part-time job and then ultimately ended up deciding to go back to school. And, but I remember the other funny thing is that when I had him, I said to myself, you know, having a baby, I'm still going to go do what I want to do. And I remember one time, maybe he was a month or two old and it was first time we decided to take him out for, um, out with us. And I remember I brought the you know, this is back, you know, 47 years ago. But I remember I, I brought like a little porta crib and I and, and I I bought like all the accoutrements, and I went while we're eating and he's crying. I'm going, how fun exactly is this? And it was like, <laughs> that's when it began, Dawn. I mean, no, no, no. You have a child now. Your life exactly isn't going to be the same. It's going to be different. And we're not doing this again. So but yes, you don't know that, though, until you have a kid. Uh, we're so wise before yeah. we have children. Oh, yeah. I'm really? not going to do No, right. Oh, I see what they're doing. I will never do that. And then of course, you know, six months later, I'm doing
1: exactly that.
0: So yeah. Oh yeah. My kids,
1: my kids were never going to have McDonald's, never going to watch TV. and never drink juice, please. Right. Exactly. Exactly. All the best intentions. No,
0: I I really laugh because when I was a teacher, I taught school for two years, and the kids would act out. I would think my nine or ten year old is never going to do that, and I'm going ha 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 ha. Um, But yeah, so we we think we know everything until we realize no, we don't know everything, and um, we can't make all comes back. All comes back back. to you. Okay, so you had your baby, and you started thinking more about like, hmm, I might have to change my priorities here a little bit.
1: Yeah, so it was about three months in, and I. But keep in mind, three months after I've had my child, now I'm back to work. My brain is like mishmash soup. I mean, I am, you know, full of hormones. I bet. Fast forward three months later, my son is six months old Mm -hmm. and I, I get a call from my husband. Now this is going to come out of left field right now for you guys. Um, But I knew this on my third date. I told you when I met my husband that I I knew about him and he on our third date said to me, I want you to know that at some point during my career, I'm going to have to live internationally. I'm going to have to go work internationally. Um, He had aspirations to be the CEO of this very well-known healthcare company. Um, uh, He he works for Abbott Laboratories. Okay, sure. His goal was to be the CEO of Abbott. And Great goal. He said, at some point, I'm going to have to live internationally. Now I am so smitten with this guy. I, I would have gone anywhere with him I... Third date, please. I was like, okay, okay no problem. So six months, our son is six months old. I'm back at work. He calls me and he says, so babe, how do you feel about South Africa? S- South Africa. So not just like uh, London,
0: South, South Africa.
1: South Africa. Which I've been to and I loved just FYI. Um, oh, James, you and I could spend the next, the whole episode talking <laughs> about South Africa. Believe me. He, uh, he said, how do you feel about South Africa? And the, I, when I say my brain was mishmash soup, my first response was, can I quit my job? <laughs> and he said, well, yeah, we'd be, we'd be moving to South Africa. I said, great, congratulations, click. I went downstairs and I quit my job. Oh, my goodness. This and how, that's June. unbelievable. This is in June. And I don't remember the timeline. Keep in mind the mishmash soup, but- yeah. June. He told me we were moving to South Africa. It was the same month that we had bought our first home in Highland park. Ah, And you had to sell it. We ended up keeping it actually. Okay. Um, but we had bought our house in June. I think I found out in July I was pregnant with our second. Oh my goodness. And in September, he started this job in South Africa by January. I moved there with him. Oh my goodness. So all with the, of this. Uh, uh, so your
0: baby at that point was like almost a year and then you had a new baby on the way, or maybe my she, son,
1: we, my son was 13 months old when we moved to South Africa. My uh, daughter was born three months after we got there in South Africa, in South Africa. Does that mean she has a dual citizenship? <laughs> she will when she's 18. Okay. She cool. will when she's 18. Yes. So now life in terms of my purpose. Yes. Now, keep in mind for me, my purpose was just always being a working woman. I had this grandmother yes. as a role model. Yes. I had this mother, mother as a role model. My yes. identity was so tied to my career. Mm-hmm. And I've already said, you know, it was never my intention to be a stay at home mom. But here I am living overseas. I don't have a work visa. Do you, first of all, do
0: you know anybody in South Africa? Oh, I know
1: nothing. I know oh, absolutely wow. nothing. You are and nobody. A brave soul. You know, I just went into it with this idea that it could be an adventure. And how long were you there for? We ended up being there for almost five years. Wow, wow. He told me, he told me once the, I quit my job and we had like serious conversations about it. He was like, one year, two years tops, please. Five years almost. So you had to make a whole life for yourself there. I made. I made a life, I made a house, I made friends. But when I think about purpose, yeah. That was where I felt lost for the first time. That okay. kind of no intention. Mm-hmm. But my job was so much part of my identity. Right. And so you and couldn't I, really get a job there because you didn't have a work visa. I couldn't get it. Listen, I probably could have. I don't want to say I couldn't have. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was hoops that I did not have energy to about. Right. Well, well, two little ones that are so close together, I can imagine. Yes. So I did a lot of volunteer work. And around that time, um, I mean, I just felt lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt really lost. And certainly that idea of like making the world a better place, I was able to do that with my volunteer work. Mm-hmm. But just something wasn't clicking. You could yet. feel that
0: inside. Like I'm i am doing some good things. I'm raising my family, but I still don't feel like where I should
1: be or whatever, whatever that feeling is. Yeah. you You weren't there. I wasn't there. I mean, but... It was also the most incredible oh. chapter, right? Hey,
0: I always say we are human beings are multifaceted, and so we can be feeling like I'm having a great experience, which it sounds like you did, but also have another little voice that's going "but,", but. and it's what do we do when we hear that little "but" voice? Yes. Yeah,
1: okay. So I I hired a life coach. Mm, okay, I hired a life coach because well, like, in South Africa, while I was in South Africa, uh huh, it was that first time where. I had an opportunity to be like, so who am I going to be when I grow up?
0: So that was the first time you were asking the, the big question of what's the meaning of my life and who, and, and now that I'm kind of already moving into growing up, but I still have the whole rest of my life. What is it that I want to do and be and, and, and impact the world? Like
1: you said, when you were seven. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew I loved PR, but it was kind of just because my mom said to do it, you know, I, I was just like, I have yeah. these great aspirations to mm-hmm. be a publicist. Though mm-hmm. um, so after seeing The Devil Wears Prada, I really did glorify what, <laughs> what PR could be. That right. wasn't mine. I um, understand, cute movie. So, so I hired, I hired a life coach. Mm-hmm. I said, I need to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing. Okay. And, and did um, this person help you? And she did, she mm-hmm. did. You know what, I, it was great conversation. Mm-hmm. It was exploration internally mm-hmm. of you know asking yourself those hard questions, like mm-hmm. you said, of you know what what lights me up, what brings me
0: joy, exactly, what, what brings meaning to my to my soul. Yeah, because if we when we do that, we it's there's no way when we're doing something meaningful
1: to our own soul that we're not going to impact um,
0: others in a big what, way
1: percent. When you say that, I get goosebumps because mm-hmm. you feel the click, mm-hmm. right? When you feel it in your bones, Yes. And as I was working with her, you talk about that little voice. I had this little voice that said to me, oh my God, this would be an amazing career. <laughs> to be a life coach, to help other people live the life of their dreams. Mm-hmm. And I very quickly <laughs> told that voice, shh. Oh um, that's not a real career. Uh, People are what's a life coach? Mm-hmm. What's a life coach? Now right. you know, I have just paid a woman to be my life coach. I understand. Coach, but I am poo-pooing it as a real exactly. Existence.
0: I, I can't be it.
1: That's that's not that's it. not good enough or whatever you were telling yourself. Which... Nope, it I I think I actually said to myself, it that's for therapists that didn't hack it. Ah uh, mm-hmm. now I have spent my life in therapy, out mm-hmm. of therapy. Mm-hmm talking to psychiatrists, psychologists, all of it. I believe very much in the power of talk. I'm so glad speaking as a therapist. I appreciate that so much because I do too, obviously. Of but
0: course I, think, you but do. I, I think life coaching has a purpose as well.
1: 100% I did not see it yet. Yeah. So as, at that time as, you didn't see it. No, no. So you and told then the I, voice to be quiet and then I told the voice to be quiet. I went to, I, I, through the through my life coach i had decided i was actually going to go back to school
2: oh okay. and that was when
1: i was in south africa and uh i had also gone to a i don't remember what the title of her job was think of it as like an iq and personality test okay okay she works with a lot of like high school seniors mhm like uh, who are you going to be when you grow up? Yeah. And well, thought, an assessment, oh
0: they could, right. It's usually, it can be a career assessment test. There's like a million tests. Yeah. Yes. So, I
1: mean, that was, it was like six hours of testing. Mm-hmm. So I could figure I am you know, I'm looking for this answer, right? right. You're, like, it you're, was, but at this
0: point now you're looking. So that to me is always the beginning. You're looking and you're I delving. Am looking,
1: but notice that I'm looking like there is a right answer versus the yeah. answer I make. Right exactly.
0: And the answer that your little heart was already kind of my giving heart to you. But,
1: knew. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, do you know what this woman told me? What? I was supposed to be in PR. Oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> well, that's said, oh, you're supposed to be working in
0: media. I, oh, great. Oh no, I've done that, been there. That's not what my little voice is saying. Yep.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, uh, I was gonna go back to school. Our visa fell through on oh. that four and a half year mark.
2: Oh. And we
1: ended up moving back home very, very suddenly. Oh, wow. And you, you still had your
0: house in Highland Park? So you. And could we move still back. had our house in Highland Park. Okay.
1: And we moved right back to where we had left off. Okay. Um, I never went back to school. I was going to go in South Africa. I mm-hmm. never went back to school.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I moved back to Highland Park. Mm-hmm. And so I, was that a hard adjustment after, I mean. It was, you know, I, I say it very casually right now. Uh, to say it was devastating is a, an understatement. I bet. Um, when we lived overseas, I, I have to tell you there is something about this borrowed chapter of life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There was some, you know, I wasn't, I had never really left the U.S. Right. Other than going to like Puerto or or, or, <laughs> right. or Boulder,
2: Colorado.
1: Yes. yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. And it wasn't something like, like my family had done. We weren't these world travelers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We certainly, like, like I said, fourth, third generation Highland Parker. You come, you raise your family in Highland Park. It's just what we did.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: My husband has a very different background. Um, mm-hmm. And so that we had, I call it a borrowed chapter because it wasn't supposed to be my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I was, but, I was going to come back to that. What do you mean by borrowed chapter? So go ahead. So that's what you mean. It wasn't supposed life. to be your life. Okay.
1: You know, I, I always I will thank my husband till the day I die for mm-hmm. that opportunity. Um ultimately, yes, I had to say yes and make it I was yes. part of it. Right, of um, course. But I wasn't gonna be the one calling him saying, Honey, what do you think about South Africa? Yeah, well, of all,
0: I mean, it's an unusual destination to yeah, you know, as I said, people go to London or France, you know,
1: South Africa is a whole nother place. It was the and and you said you've been there. The I love culture. It. Oh, uh, yeah. The beauty of this country, oh, the people.
0: We, oh, please. It was fabulous. And the animals. I mean, we went on safari. It's just, and everywhere. You, now, well, I don't know where you live, but I mean, it's it's beautiful. I it's mean, there's beautiful. the ocean. It's just beautiful. Yeah.
1: And uh, we were in Johannesburg, so we weren't mm-hmm. as close to the ocean. Oh, okay. But it th- this continent gets into your heart mm-hmm. and it stays there. So when yeah. we left, it was very, very difficult. It was I hard bet. to say goodbye. And now I have, my daughter must've been four. Does she have a South African accent? It's gone. I'm so sad. How long have you been back? How long have you been back? She turned seven yesterday. She's seven years old. Okay. Um, Happy birthday. We've been back for, we've been back for a few years. And when we moved back, my job, my, my purpose. Yes. To get my kids settled. right to let them know that they were safe and loved no matter where in the world they were. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, you're, um, I'm sure your parents were happy that you were back though. Thrilled. And now look, listen, look at foresight, right? Right. It was less than a year later, the world shut down. Ah, uh, exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. and it was, I guess a year and a half later that I lost my dad. Yeah. So you talk about like, I could not see that the reason for us moving back at that point mm-hmm. and When our visas fell through, I mean, I was, I was so angry and I was so sad and it all worked out. I wouldn't have wanted to be that far away from my parents during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have had that final time with my dad. Your dad. So you moved back here
0: and you're, you're had to deal with the whole adjustment of coming back to America, the North shore, et cetera. And so what's going on with your little voice about purpose?
1: It said, you need to get a job. <laughs> it said, you need get a job. And um, I, I think the purpose voice was drowned out by the, um, the rational voice of like, get to work, anything. Mm-hmm. And what you know is PR. And I went back into PR. Oh, you did. Okay. And I went back into PR
2: mm-hmm. and I
1: did it for about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I started with an agency in February of 2020. Oh, right. And a month later that office closed. Yeah. And now here I am homeschooling kids. Mm-hmm. Were you doing remote? your you were doing your job remotely then? I was doing my job but I was learning. I mean, yeah. I was only there for a month and right. I uh my training was on the spot in this family room from which I'm talking right. to you now. Mm-hmm. My husband was working in healthcare Upstairs. during a pandemic. Yes, oh my goodness. In our goodness. bedroom? Oh and, uh, goodness. and I'm homeschooling both of our kids. And oh. like most people, it was that moment of like, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I, we all
0: felt that way. Of it? Course we did.
1: it was madness. And mm-hmm. I kept saying, I feel like a, a, a waitress in roller skates.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to okay. drop something. It's either yeah. going to be this new job that I care so much about because mm-hmm. I want them to like me and I want right. to do a good job. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because I was. Compelled by it, I got it. I got it. it my wasn't... work ethic is also a why. I love. I do yeah. work hard. I have my children who are looking to me, saying, "What is going on in the world? And why I... are we doing kindergarten at the kitchen table?" I know. It was. Uh, it was a wild time, and so mm-hmm. I hired a life coach. Uh-huh. Okay, so life coach number two comes into Leslie's life. Yes, and I said to her, "I got to find a new job. Something's not working." Mm-hmm.
0: So you knew. You knew enough to know that the PR is, was not going to cut it. This go around. I knew
1: enough to know the PR wasn't going to cut it, but also this very wise voice in me said to her, but I have a feeling that the problem is not the job. I think the <laughs> problem's me because I, like, I keep having, I keep dealing with confidence issues at work and mm-hmm. I'm not feeling that like light up that click. You and I talked about Janet, yep. that my soul is on fire. I want, like life is short. If we've, only, if we learned anything over these past yep. couple of years, life is short and yep. live it with everything you've got.
0: Yeah. And, and and, I, be, and that means being as true as you can to that whatever inner voice is going on inside of you. Dennis, yes. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. That is it. What is that voice? And all of a sudden on my consult call with her, that voice came back of, man, oh, it'd be cool to do she's this. She's a huh?
0: very good life coach. down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she, I don't um, think she even knew what she was signing I'm up for.
0: Teasing. No, you were ready. You were ready. She was a conduit. So she, so you were ready.
1: I said, I'm not I, saying she's not good. I don't even know her, but I'm just saying you were ready. I well, You know, it's so funny because she has since told me, she goes, I've never worked with any client that was <laughs> as driven and mm-hmm. as, as exactly. I was ready. Mm-hmm. I listened to the voice and I said. This is it. This mm-hmm. is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So
0: this is like, two years ago that you kind of sort of realized, like, I've got to get out of PR and I want to do something in life coach. That was you know, it. Life coach. That was it. And how and did you, so you, so did you start your own business? Did what, what's, how did, how did it, like, how did you get to where you are right this second?
1: Um, I, well, I did a, like a master's thesis in terms of finding the right life coach school. Mhm. Um I spent all my time interviewing different life coaches and talking to different life coaches. Um Of course you did. Go ahead. <laughs> of course I did. But then ultimately I I picked the one that spoke to me. Mhm. And I called my PR firm and I said I thank you for the opportunity, but right. I'm leaving and I mm-hmm. went I went all in and I got my certification mm-hmm. and at the same time shortly after I, I launched my own business. Mm-hmm.
0: And so what, and what do you call, is it just Leslie Randolph? Well, what, what do you call yourself? If-
1: so I'm, I'm Leslie Randolph coaching, but okay. you'll, you know, me online, if you know me as the coach chronicles, okay. because while I am coaching clients, I'm also sharing my kind of, I call them my aha, mom- my aha moments. Okay. Um. Because ultimately I want to work with women and teenage girls. Those are my ideal clients. Okay. Um, And I want them to know that self-confidence and Mm -hmm. self-love is available to them. Wonderful. I don't think I realized, I know, I was 39 years old when I realized that self-confidence was available to me. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, one, I'm happy you didn't have to wait till you were 89. There there, There are some people that live their whole life and don't realize that, you know what? I get I can be self-confident and that's not a negative there. There's nothing bad about it. It actually adds not only to the quality of my life, but adds to whatever it is that I'm going to be doing, whether it's raising kids and working or one or the other or, or, or all of it as a spouse, as a daughter, as a sister, as a friend. When we feel good about ourselves, it, it has a, you know, just like a domino effect. It affects, you know, all areas of our life. Absolutely. So you kind of, so so you when you so you this is when you think about what you want to do with with women and girls um predominantly, but not that I'm sure you wouldn't say no to a guy, but
1: whatever. Um I have and I do. I have worked with men and I yes. do, but yes, ultimately, I just don't want for me. I always thought that self-confidence came from something external. You talked about the straight hair and the curly hair, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. For me, and I know you can appreciate this. Mm-hmm. Um I always thought that. I had to be skinny to be self-confident. Ah, mm-hmm. I had to be pretty to mm-hmm. be self-confident. I had well, to be many, smart. Many, many females feel that. Yeah. But it it was like, once I got the external X, whatever it was, mm-hmm. then I could be self-confident right. versus I can just choose to love myself and mm-hmm. believe in myself exactly as I am. Mm-hmm. And then. Right. Well, because the problem is, especially,
0: right. Especially if- you know, because my career, a lot of my career was working with also adolescents and women with eating disorders. Mm -hmm. And it's always the same thing. If I, if the number on the scale says this, then I'll be happy. Then the number gets there, but then they're not happy. So then they go, okay, well then I'm going to eat a lot. And then, and then they feel bad about, so it's always about what's outer versus what's inner. And It's fine to you know, as a man or women to take care of your appearance and want to look good, blah, blah, blah. But that's never going to really give you total fulfillment and make you feel like I'm good enough. Because nope. the truth of the matter is, if you if you are on the path of self-awareness and life is meaning, then we're good enough the day that we're born. That Absolutely. It's, it's just listening to whatever our little voice inside says of what's going to give our life the most meaning and purpose, which then, in my opinion, again, I've said this many, many times, gives back to the world. And that's kind of the goal is for us all to be here in a place of love, self-love, as well as love in general. And with that, you know, hopefully change comes not just for ourselves, but for the people that we love, you know, our community, our our country and, and the world. So you kind of came to terms with that, like I get to love, I, Leslie, get to love myself. And that doesn't mean I'm you know, some people feel like, oh, they that means they're cocky and they're no, 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 no. Self-love is to me, it goes together with self-confidence. All good. There's nothing negative that can come from that, uh, in my yep. opinion. So that's nope. kind of what you came to terms with. Right. Self-love,
1: self-confidence has nothing to do with arrogance or thinking you're nope. better than anybody else. Nope. It is just that I, I talk about it as self-confidence has. Self that you believe who in yourself. Right. You know who you are yeah. and you love that person. It's like mm-hmm. you're your own personal cheerleader. Exactly. And, and that's what I want. I don't want teens to have to wait until they're 39 or as you said, 89. Right. That you are perfect and worthy and enough as you are today. Mm-hmm. No matter the shape, the size, Doesn't the matter. IQ, the EQ. Yeah. Just being you is all yeah. you need to be. Right. That's exactly. And, yeah. and then, and then go create whatever you want with that. The, the joy of when you're self-confident is like, there's nothing holding you back. So with my clients, some of them will say, you know, I'm looking to, I always say there's, there's no one size fits all in the life of your dreams department. Nope. For some of them, it's going to be to be a life coach like me mm-hmm. for them. It's to be the best mom they can possibly be. All good. All yeah. good. Yeah. So I, I get to support women and humans. So create whatever they want in their lives.
0: Wonderful. So, so when you think about now in terms of that light inside, you feel like it's burning. I mean, it looks like it is when you're talking about it. Like it's, it's pretty bright.
1: Oh my gosh. It's blinding. Um, It's one of those where you just wake up every day and um, a bit of a pinch yourself existence that I get to do this for a living is just absolutely incredible. And that I mm -hmm. get to have, you know, a small impact. That mm-hmm. creates that ripple that you talk about, Janice, exactly. of like so when a client leaves me and they go home feeling a little bit better about themselves,
2: mm-hmm.
1: now they are spreading that to people in their world who exactly. then started to their world. And exactly, it's just the most beautiful thing I can imagine. Wonderful,
0: wonderful. So I just want to sit back because you were talking, uh, if you're okay with it, a little bit about your dad before we kind of uh, yeah. wrap up here a little bit. But so when your dad got sick, you feel, or whatever happened, you feel like that also impacted you to think about more meaning in your life. And I'll tell you why I'm asking, but go ahead.
1: I absolutely do. Um, I I think it was, kind of this perfect storm, right? Mm-hmm. My dad was uh, a teacher
2: mm-hmm, you and my dad
1: certainly had this ripple, right? Um, right. So I, I have a, immense admiration for my dad mm-hmm. and I saw the impact that he had on other people. Okay. Just by be, by being him. He mm-hmm. loved to talk about, um, so he was a Sunday school teacher. So he loved mm-hmm. to teach about the Torah. Mm-hmm. He also spoke about like doing good. Mm-hmm. So it was bringing me back to that second grader. As I reflected on my dad's life, it brought Mm -hmm. me back to that second grader because I saw him create, Mm -hmm. he changed the world Mm -hmm. um, through his teaching. Wonderful. But it was also that reminder of um, just how fragile life is. Right, My dad did not have COVID. My dad fell down and uh, went in to have surgery and...
2: Oh, that's
1: so was sad. Two, two weeks. So it was two weeks from when he fell until we said goodbye. And oh so,
0: my it God! It
1: really was. Life can change in a moment. We yeah. all saw that with the pandemic, right? Yes, we
0: did. Yes, we did. Yeah, because you know, I mean, life. Yep.
1: Yeah, if life yeah. can change tomorrow, right? Why live with any regret? I think about Leslie, who wanted to be an actress. Hmm. never went on an audition. Mm -hmm. If I'm very honest with myself, I think it was because I was scared of rejection. Right.
2: Right. Well, you can. Hey,
1: never too late. It's never too late. Listen, and through coaching, because I'm going to be launching group coaching Mm -hmm. and there is theater involved in that in teaching. Exactly. Yeah. It's very full circle. Uh, it,
0: it is but because the, the reason I want to get back to your data is, is just to remind listeners that if you hear if you're you know really paying attention to Leslie's story that it had a it had a um, not exactly a, a straight line, as is true in most in most of our stories when we reflect back. And so. And that's why I'm just saying even now about the acting, that it's one, it's never too late, even though it does sound like you're getting tremendous fulfillment. And there are different pivotal moments at times where we have an aha moment and not to think like, oh, well, I had that moment that you can't have another one and another one and another one. Because as long as there's breath there to me, there's always learning, there's always growing, there's always evolving. So it's just reminding yourself that, well, you know, maybe you're listening to this and you're in your 50s or 60 and you think, well, I can't I can't make any more changes. No, I mean, I started this podcast. Podcast when I was 70. So, I mean, you can, you can do anything to me um, as long as you have, if your intention is I'm, I want to do good and I have, I enjoy it and I feel it inside my heart, then it's going to go well. And it sounds like that's kind of, when I look, when I hear your trajectory of, you know, when you think about how your life has moved, it's moved you right to where you are now and you're doing your purpose and how wonderful. So a pleasure talking to you. So I'm going to, I always end every podcast with a quote, but I'm just curious if someone's listening and and, and you wanted to leave them with, um, a final, whatever you want to call it, piece of enlightened, uh, wisdom or anything that you'd like to share in closing.
1: Oh man. I love what you just said of, um, you know, each day is an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, and we are so blessed each morning we wake up. So right. to live life to the fullest, mm-hmm. um, and be grateful.
0: Know. I think, you know, I gratefulness is all part of my daily meditation and prayer always.
1: Absolutely. Such gratitude. Mm-hmm. I want to say really quickly, it's interesting as I, as I reflect, I said, my daughter's birthday was last night mm-hmm. and, uh, I had my, my sisters over. And one of the you know questions around the dinner table was if you could do anything with your life, what would it be? Mm-hmm. And everyone talked about, you know, these different careers. And I sat back with a smile. No one asked me. And I think it was because they realized I'm doing it. You're
0: doing it. If You're doing I it, girlfriend. If yep.
1: live the life of my dreams, it would look exactly like the life I'm living today. And oh. I would leave that with every listener. Mm-hmm. If there is that little voice that you mm-hmm. talked about,
2: mm-hmm.
1: listen to her. Mm-hmm. Life is so precious, but it should be a wild and fun ride. It is. It that. Wonderful.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to close. I think this is a good, you know, I never know what we're, I always tell everyone, I never know what where I'm actually going to necessarily be talking about. And that I picked the quote ahead of time. So here it is. I think it's a uh, good one. Well, I think they're all good, but this one is good too. Um, a really good one. Okay. You are here for a reason not to hide in the shadows or behind the walls of comfortable familiarity, but to fulfill your true potential in this your one and only life. So stop looking for that one thing that will define you. You define you. Purpose isn't a destination. It's a path on a journey that requires self-awareness, determination, and sometimes a little struggle. So that's, I don't know, I got it from something called resilient living. But I feel like you've done done—you've done a lot of that. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Leslie. I really oh. appreciate your time and, and sharing your story. You're amazing. So good luck with your life coaching and... I'm sure there'll be many more good things to come for you. Appreciate okay. you, Janice. Thank you okay, so much for the opportunity. Care. So this is Janice Alpert. Um, until next time, I hope you're doing your life um, on purpose and with purpose. And hopefully we'll you'll tune in again soon. Okay, bye-bye.